sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friend, and welcome to year 22 of Freedom's Ring. And uh, without realizing it, we have exceeded more than 1,000 shows in all these years. But uh, this one's going to be a notable one. I'm very happy to invite back to Freedom's Ring a friend, a colleague, Kevin James, serves as Associate Director of Public Affairs and Religious Liberty for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in the Southern United States. Kevin, we've got a great topic today. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Alan, thank you. And wow, what a privilege to be able to start off the 22nd year of Freedom's Ring with you. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, here we're in the studio on the first Monday of the first month of the third decade. The first year of the new decade, right, Uh, Mm -hmm. here in 2020. And I'm looking at what's been called, titled, A Report and Analysis on Religious Freedom Measures Impacting Prayer and Faith in America, which also goes by the name of Project Blitz. Tell us about a little bit about Project Blitz, if you will. Well, um, Project Blitz is, uh, as I understand it, is a program by which um, state legislation especially is looked at as to what can be um, developed and ultimately passed that tends to, um, well, they're seeking to try to find protections of religious freedom. But the problem is, is that usually this protection has nothing to do with religious freedom in general. That is to apply to every type of religion that's in America, which would be the appropriate way of looking at things. But there's a tendency to drive at it from the perspective that America was founded a Christian nation, and therefore we're trying to pass legislation that, in effect, privileges the Judeo-Christian view of religion in America. Well, let's drop the Judeo, because there's nothing okay. Judeo about it. It's, okay, it's, um, fair enough. You know, the way I would I would characterize this, Kevin, and you tell me if you think I'm I'm off base, you know, we live in this culture war climate, and there are those on both the left and right who see this culture war as a zero-sum game, winner-take-all, and there certainly are those on the left who promote uh, LGBT rights and abortion rights and other things, and really to the exclusion of the freedom of religious institutions. But then on the right, what we have is this very concerted effort, Project Blitz is, you know, the the name for it, to Mm -hmm. literally transform the culture and privilege Christian religious values, Christian religious beliefs as the foundation of American life to the minimizing and exclusion of the values of others. So, really, both sides are anti-pluralist. Both sides are exclusive. Project Blitz represents the exclusion on the right. I would agree with that characterization, Alan, very much so. And that is what the concern is, because anytime you get into a zero-sum kind of conflict, 
you know, the whole push is for winners and losers, not for trying to find areas in which we can agree and areas in which we can find, you know, compromise and equaling of rights of everybody else. But it's, it's one that comes from the approach that I have my agenda and my agenda is more important than your agenda. And we're going to try to promote it at all costs, even to the exclusion of somebody else. And it's that kind of environment that adds another layer of concern about Project Blitz. You know, there's an old expression we've all heard, the devil's in the details. In this case, I'm going to suggest that the opposite is true. Because, you know, any of us that take a hard look at some of the things that this Project Blitz is wanting to do, we'll find things to agree with and things to disagree with. That's true. But I think if we take a look at the overall objective, that's where the devil is found, uh, the proverbially speaking. Um, Report and analysis on religious freedom measures impacting prayer and faith in America. The premise is wrong. The premise is that government needs to promote prayer and faith in America. What's wrong with that premise, Kevin? Well, what's wrong with that premise is that America was based on freedom of religion and that government would stay out of either promoting it or favoring it and that uh, the religion was to uh, to work within its sphere without the support of government as well. And now what we have here is a situation in which the church, if I could say, or religion is seeking to find an empowerment of itself through through the government. And, and that can only lead to bad conclusions. The assumption is that government is responsible for, quote, impacting prayer and faith. I'm a Protestant Christian, and it's my understanding that faith comes by hearing the word of God. It is, you know, salvation comes through the grace of Jesus Christ. And this is a matter that is between my soul and Christ, and the government really has nothing to do with it. That's my view as a Protestant. Now, Catholicism historically has seen a different role between government and religion, but the notion that we need the state to impact, that we need laws to impact prayer and faith, and see, I think it confuses freedom for us to practice our faith with the freedom for government to prefer our faith and to promote our faith. Correct. Yeah, and that's a good way of putting it. I think that, you know, there is a place for government to uh, assure the protections of the rights of people of faith to exercise that faith and have protections behind that, appropriate protections behind it. But that's a whole different, um, that's wholly different than what's trying to be brought about here. Uh, what's trying to be brought about here in this Project Blitz is, as you said earlier, it's government's involvement, or at least it's government's responsibility. Their viewpoint is government's responsibility to promote um, the uh, Christian values. And that's what it is. It's very clearly a Christian endeavor, not just any other faith, but just clearly a Christian endeavor. And it's based on a premise, also I think a false premise, in which the viewpoint is that America somehow was founded legally um, a Christian nation specifically for Christians, um, or at least Christianity being the uh, 
the favored or the privileged religion in the land. And and I really do believe that this is where Project Bliss kind of gets its um, genesis from, or its um, or its foundation as to why they want government to be the the promoter of prayer and faith, especially theirs uh, in this country. And you know, I think that's borne out. Category number one. I mean, what I'm looking mm. at here is mm-hmm. 147, 148 page, Pages. very That's detailed correct. list of mm-hmm. legislative proposals and the talking points for them and mm-hmm. everything to do, you know, a one stop shop so legislators can pick and choose bills to yes. promote and pass in their state. That's right. And category right. number one says, legislation regarding our country's religious heritage. So the first mm-hmm. thing they want to do is have each state say, we're, you know, we're a Christian nation, we're a Christian state. And we've seen some of those in some of the states, haven't we? Yes, and even in our states down here, there's been a big uh, push. We, we cover eight states down here of Alabama and Georgia and Florida, the Carolinas, uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. And there's been uh, a number of our states, uh, three or four that I can see on the top of my head right now, that have promoted, for example, the National Model Display app. And those usually come in the form of displaying the national motto, In God We Trust, prominently someplace in our public schools. Usually it's in the foyer when you're first coming into a school, or it might be in a cafeteria where there's a larger gathering. But those kind of um, bills are are quite popular, at least in this area. The other interesting thing about the strategy out of this book, too, is even though you have these categories, the categories they clearly say are not necessarily, you know, uh, the lowest category being one of the highest being four, but just in categories for the purpose of um, organization of the kinds that they are, but that one could select from any of those categories what they think their state might be more amenable to or accepting. Sure. So that's another thing to keep in mind is uh, that they that they do it that way. But most of the legislation that I've seen, at least in our area, has come out of Category 1, the displaying of the national motto, uh, especially this whole idea of um, talking about bringing the Bible into the schools under the idea of history of America, uh, that there would be a, a study of the Bible and its historical impacts on the nation. Those are very popular, too, where we're at. You know, there is, I mean, just so we're clear here, there is a right and a wrong way to do the Bible in the public schools. And as Christians, we certainly support biblical literacy. The problem is that it takes good teacher training in order to be able to handle the Bible uh, in an appropriate manner. And, And I'll just give one example that I think... Christians can relate to, and we're probably going to have to close with this. Um, you're reading Genesis. You're reading Genesis chapter 1, and if you're not careful, you're going to have, like we saw in, in one of the Louisiana cases, you're going to have a teacher saying, oh, you know, each day of creation is a thousand years long. Well, there are those who believe that, sure, but there are plenty of Christians who don't who believe that each day of creation is a day. And so, uh, you know, to the extent that teachers are taking theolog- staking out theological positions on, you know, the meaning of Scripture, they're favoring one interpretation over another. And, uh, and now they're putting the prestige of the state behind 
a particular religious teaching. Uh, I, I think most of us can recognize we don't want our teachers contradicting our pastors when it comes to, for example, what our own church teaches about uh, origins and creation. So, you know, it, it takes, and, and there are programs, the 3Rs program, for example, that does teach school administrators and teachers how to handle the Bible appropriately in public schools, but I, I don't see any of that sensitivity reflected in in this kind of uh, approach. Well, we're about out of time. Our guest today, Kevin James, our Associate Director of Public Affairs and Religious Liberty for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in the southern United States, have been talking about Project Blitz, the, the right-wing approach to the culture wars. Kevin, always a pleasure to have you on Freedoms Ring with us. Pleasure to be with you, Alan. Thank you for having me again. By all means. And as we close, remember, folks, at Freedoms Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help workers suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org, churchstate.org. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association, producer of Freedom's Ring, on the web at religiousliberty.info. Be sure to listen to Freedom's Ring on our SoundCloud radio station or on iTunes. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Rynock. Until next week, let freedom ring. Freedom's Ring.